going to follow the 2022 Blue Jays for the years to come is, is streaky, right? I mean, we've had more highs and lows this year than any team that I've been a part of, I think. You know, so you're not going to see us get too down because after lows, we've had a lot of highs. So I think, you know, we're, we're ready to start playing good baseball again. Coming off a really good road trip and you get swept by the Angels, um, you know, we didn't expect it. But they came and punched us in the mouth and, and took three from us. And now, you know, we've got a winnable series against the Cubs. So move forward. Uh, you got to rely on your leaders in situations like this, guys that have, have been here for a while or have been on teams that have had ups and downs, you know, Springer, Whit Merrifield, Jackie, myself, uh, David Phelps. You know, we have good leaders in the locker room that we've relied on all year to, to be vocal and to lead by example. So, in, you know, times like this when you got 30-something games left and every game matters, uh, those are the guys that you look to for leadership. So, um, you know, we'll do the best we can. But, you know, at the end of the day, we come out tomorrow and play uh, a winnable game. So, you know, flush this one and get ready to get after it against a new team. That was Ross Stripling after last yesterday afternoon's 8-3 loss to the Angels. Jays swept by the Angels. Outscored 20-3, one for 19 with runners in scoring position. 27 men left in base. Bark, are you going to do something today? No. Are we going to have to throw chairs at each other to you get, to have, get it you going? You may have to. Because everybody wants John Schneider to throw a chair. It seems like everybody wants John Schneider to throw a chair. It's the again. thing. That Here, the, well, well if, you, if you throw a chair, it will... It will Cure everything. Well, everybody seems to think that. This was uh, Lance. This was John Schneider being asked uh, yesterday about, are you going to tip a table over? I don't know what table. There's They don't have the spread in the middle of the clubhouse anymore. Mm-hmm. You're going gonna to throw a chair? You're going to punch a TV screen out? This was John Schneider's reaction. You know, you got to be consistent, and you got to understand that it's a really talented group, and there's going to be ups and downs over the course of a season. And I think, you know, if you look at over our last 10, it's good, and the sequence of it, of it sucks. Um so you don't have to go in. I'm, I'm never the, the type of guy that will go in there and flip a table. Um, at this point, it's up to the players to say this is not good enough. Um, and I'm sure they're, they're talking about that right now. And you trust that the guys who are leaders and the guys that are veterans in the team take care of that. And, you know, tomorrow starts a new series. That was John Schneider, the manager of the Blue Jays, talking about what his approach game can be. No table flipping now. No, no, no chair tossing. No, no. It's like the bull. You ever seen that bull Durham? Whenever, whenever the uh, the the manager walks in when he's in a ball and, and and he has crash. What what do I do with him? And he, and he looks right at him. He says, "Scare him." How many how many how many big leaguers you think a manager can scare? That's the only time you're throwing things. Is you're trying to add a little fear to their game to say you don't hustle, you're not going to play, or you don't hustle, you're never going to make it to the big leagues. Last time I checked, all these guys are already in the big leagues. Yeah. So it's sort of up to them to make adjustments, and it's not like they're not trying. I mean, you could argue one guy, when, is, he, is he hurt? Is he not hurt? Why is he not hustling? Why is he not running balls out? Why didn't he catch a ball that's catchable in right field and he turned into a triple? Why isn't he running a ball out to second and sliding? Uh, you could argue that guy, but all the other plays that I saw, Jeff, I don't know about you, but those are just plays they didn't make. It's yeah, not they like were, they weren't trying to make them. No, they were sloppy. I, I wouldn't say that they, you know, lack of trying, I think. It's kind of a, I mean, that, that's, you know, that's another bad sports writer cliche when you don't understand what's going on while well, they're not trying hard. Yeah. I mean, come on, you got, you got to be better. You got to be better than that. Uh, but they were sloppy. They were unfocused. I think that's obvious. They were not ready from the get-go on Friday. Um, you know, Vladdy did not, did not have a great series. I, that play he made, I mean, he, when the first when the first play of a game isn't made, whatever that play is, when the first big play of the game isn't going to be made, it isn't made. Generally, you get a sense that that things aren't going to go their way. 
But um, I mean, yeah, bottom line is they didn't get a hit when they needed it. That's that's the bottom line. Um, yeah, the pitching wasn't great on Friday, but it was good enough. Mitch White, I don't think, got much help from his team. But I get back to this. One for 19 runners in scoring position. 27 men left on base against a team that's not very good. You know, with all due respect to the Angels, you know, and, uh, you know, tip your cap. I'm not tipping my cap to the freaking Los Angeles Angels. I'll tip something else. I'm not tipping my cap to the Angels. I'm sorry. I'll tip, tip my cowboy cap. hat that they wear. I'll tip they my cap to some times teams. when they went yeah, back yeah. Lake City. Uh, if you're 21 games under 500, I might put a tip in a jar for you, <clears throat> right? I might put a tip in a coffee cup for you, but I'm not tipping my cap to you. Uh, anyhow, the Jays, luckily enough, they got the Chicago Cubs coming in town for three games, and they'll be an easy touch, I'm, I'm not, sure, I'm just like the Angels are. I'm and Marcus Stroman pitches Most of the time, I'm not real sure it, it's, it has anything to do with who they're facing. Obviously, when they face really good teams, they know that they one pitch could beat them. But when you're facing teams that they're about to face, it's, it's about pay, playing a consistent game. Yeah. You do your job. Saturday, you your job, Saturday is going to happen. Every now and then no you are question. going to run into a guy who is so good. And that may happen Tuesday with Stroman on the mound. Every now and then you're going to run into a guy who pitches his ass off and who beats you. Like, you know, Saturday's loss, first of all, it was a terrific game. Was. It was a terrific. It, it was, was a terrific afternoon out at the ballpark. It was a terrific game. Let's put that aside. Shohei Otani beats you 2 nothing. Okay, there I'm tipping my cap. I'm tipping my cap to Shohei Otani. I'm tipping my cap to Alec Manoa. That was a great baseball game. The Angels scored two runs. The Jays didn't manage a run. Therefore, the Angels won. All right, I'm going to leave that game off to the side. It's the other games, the other two games in this series that uh, that that really concern me. And I just don't think there's any excuses for it. I don't think I'm not buying the late arrival for Friday's loss. Yeah, it was a late arrival. He got in at four in the morning. I get that, but they didn't have batting practice. Like, there are ways of, surely to God, there's somebody in a khaki that's got, somebody wearing a khaki that can figure out what something to do with a team that gets in at 4.30 in the morning. Extra jugs of water. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not buying that argument. I'm not buying that late arrival Who argument. made that argument anyway? I didn't even hear that. Yeah, the guys were, I mean, guys, look, they were, they were talked about it. They talked about it in the telecast. Both, uh, both telecasts. I listened to both of them. They talked about it. And I, yeah, late arrival sucks. We should all be able to get in bed you know, flying a charter plane and get in bed by two o'clock in the morning. But sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes you got to get in bed at four thirty. So, um, I, I guess I'm I'm I'll buy what Ross Stripling says about this team being streaky. I think a lot of stuff about baseball is streaky, and it is true, isn't it? If you're Ross Stripling, it seems when you're being interviewed, you're either being asked about four-game winning streak or a four-game losing streak with, sure. this, with this team. It mm-hmm. just it, it seems to be the way they are. What I wondered about was hearing Ross Stripling talk about how the leaders in the team have to step up, and and I know we're uncomfortable. I'm, I'm with you. We're uncomfortable talking about the whole leadership thing because I still think, you know what, leadership, ultimate leadership is exercised mm-hmm. by your paycheck. I truly believe that. Um, but I did find it a little odd that – the mention mentions were made of Whit Merrifield, Jackie Bradley Jr. They're veteran guys. They haven't been here all year. I, I'm mm. I'm sorry. I know they're young, but we've heaped a ton of praise, with good reason, on Vladdy and Bo for the past two years. I, I know they're young, but they're the guys that have to. I think they're the guys that have to lead here. 
I think they're the guys that have to lead. I really do think you lead by example. It's about performance on the field. You saw Otani and Trout. What were they, five for nine with a couple of homers? They're the reason why they helped their team win a game. Vladdy and George Springer didn't do a whole lot. I mean, Bo Bichette got on four times. It's the second time he's done that this season. When you're in parts of the season, the schedule that you think is, you know, a little lenient where you can get healthy, you can win some games and, and add a little separation. That's when your superstars need to step up. They didn't do that. Like, I, I don't I don't know what other people's definition of leadership is. Is it when you are when you get lambasted at home by a team? Now, the second game, like you said on Saturday, it was a really good game. You got beat by a good pitcher. Tip your hat to him. The other two games, it's your guys didn't do enough to win a baseball game. Their guys did. Is that leadership? I'm not real sure that's what that is. Is throwing something in a clubhouse going to help that, you know, Vladdy didn't do anything, George Springer didn't do anything? Like, is that offensively, is that is that what's going to help? No, it's just sometimes in baseball it happens. And individually, this is big boy time. Like, you just need to go home, look yourself in the mirror, and say, like Buck Martinez yesterday, if you listen to that telecast, he had a great day. All the things that he was saying about go home, look yourself in the mirror, and ask yourself, did you do enough to help your team win a baseball game? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is yes, and you were 0 for 4, and you tried to get a guy over and couldn't do it, at least you tried. You can say, yes, I did everything I thought that I could do to help my team. If the answer is no to that, then that's an individual leadership kind of thing to make yourself better as an individual to help your team win a baseball game. I This standing up and yelling and screaming and... I, again, I hate to bring it back to myself as much as I played. I, You know, I played forever. I played in winter ball. I may have seen that three times. I played 16 years, Jeff. I played 15 years in winter ball. I've never seen it work. It's like when you're flipping stuff over again, at the minor leagues, it's a little different because a manager can walk in and he can scare you. Well, he can where, say, if where you're are not... you trying to go? And he has a lot to say oh, about yeah, it because yeah. you know who's calling him? The GM's calling, going, how come hey, this guy, what's how Kevin come, Barker doing? How, is come he this guy, how come this guy is, how come you sat this guy for two days? There you go. You can you know? say that. Yeah. So you can scare them by throwing stuff. When you're in the big leagues, that doesn't work because most of those players make more money than you make and they're yeah. already in the big leagues. And, and they're, they're here where they're at as a baseball team, because those guys are doing well. And so it's like trying to scare them. It's not going to work. It's like any, in any sport, in any sport, the only thing the manager or the coach can do, the only thing he can do, the only lever he has in you in this day and age of guaranteed contracts is playing time. It's the yeah. only lever he has on you. Talk about the NHL. If you're a scorer and you're not getting out in the power play because your coach is chapped, that's, you're being, you know, sure. That that's a message being sent to you. Same thing with basketball. Minutes, minutes are huge in basketball. Baseball's different. Um, Ross Stripling has a lousy start. He's going to be out there again the next day. His next start, right? Most of your starting pitchers, you're not going to bench a guy after a bad start. So you're, you're, there's no there's no playing time there. In terms of position players, and Buck talked about this as well mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah, the manager could say, I'm, I'm benching my whole outfield because they stunk. They didn't hustle. I'm pissed off. I want to send a message. I don't think it's easy for the manager to do that now because I think the manager has a lot of people in his ear saying, well, you really want to sit that guy right now? His swing path is pretty good against this. 
well, I, it is. There's a, there's a lot of there's right. a, there's a lot of folks. I, I, I there's a lot of folks. You're, uh, you're right. Involved in but the decision making process here. So, so what I'm saying is, I'm agreeing with you. I think it yeah. is ultimately, ultimately, it's up to the players. It's up to the players. But on the flip side of that, you got to figure out what's going on with Teoscar Hernandez. Well, well, you have to figure that out. Is he hurt? Is he not hurt? If he's hurt Kevin, and he's going to look like this, I asked this. Then don't play him. I asked this yesterday. This is a team that gives. This is a team that drives us nuts because they give guys days off. No question. I mean, it drives people around the Stretch. bench. Scratch your head. And it doesn't matter. They could be missing two regulars, and they're still going to give somebody a day off. Okay, that's a, that's a philosophy. They've got a high-performance department. That's a philosophy. But Jesus, God, you watched, you, you watched what Teoscar Hernandez was about over these three games. How the hell was he on the field? I, it is, you, you took him out on Friday after he didn't make that play because the foot was sore? Okay, the foot sore. He fouled the ball off it. He's had x-rays twice, and they're negative. Okay, but why is he back out there? And then he fouls the ball off the foot again, and he's back out there again. I, I just don't, I don't understand the thought process sometimes when it comes to the lineup and, and, and when it comes to why guys are playing. And if Teoscar Hernandez is hurt, he has no business being out in that field yesterday. If he isn't hurt, then based on what happened in the bottom of the sixth inning, you got a bigger problem. No question. You got a, if he isn't mm -hmm. hurt, then he's either lazy. Well, that's a strong word. Which I don't think, I, I still don't think, I don't think base, most baseball players are lazy. I don't think you get to where you are being lazy. Sometimes it looks like it, though. Mm -hmm. Or... He had a brain fart. Maybe he thought the play was going to be to first base. Oh, the play's I, right in front of me. I wish I could say, I, I wish I was with you, but the, the play, play is right in front right, of you. I, okay, but I'm going to say. closer to you. Right, but I'm, I'm saying, brain fart, whatever. But that is, it was embarrassing to see what happened mm -hmm. Friday, and John Schneider did take him out of the game on Friday. It was embarrassing to see that, and it was embarrassing to see what we saw yesterday out of Teoscar Hernandez, and that does beg the question. And I know we love our guys to play hurt. And I know that everybody's playing. I know all the stuff about playing hurt. Everybody says about playing hurt and all that. But there are times where you do it and you're hurting the team. And I just do not understand how a team that has all these resources mm -hmm. lets that happen. Teoscar Hernandez sure. should not have started. I don't care about the x-rays. Yeah. He should not have started. Friday's the, the, game. The only period. issue, the only issue with Teoscar Hernandez is we've seen him look like this when he's not hurt. Like we've seen the baseball IQ on the field just go way off, just you know, running around the bases like little leaguers. Somebody tags him out. Like you've you've seen it. Like not, you know, I, I hate the lazy word, so I'm not going to use that. But it's. <laughs> Kevin, the dude. I just think you got to figure it out. This. You better figure it out quick. The dude got in. Here's the thing. The dude got in base three times yesterday. He did. He got in base three times yesterday. Um, one of a few, you know, and and what two singles? No, I'm sorry. I'm looking at Bichette there. A walk, single, and then he gets on with gets on with the fielder's choice. But all we're talking about is that lack of hustle that that you know potentially that mm -hmm. that cost the Expos that cost the Expos a, a run. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't. I don't. That is 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 really confusing. And and I'll tell you, if he isn't hustling, then you bench him. You know, one of the things. Yeah, you know, think back to this. And I don't think we're telling tales out of school here. Teoscar was benched earlier this year by Charlie Montoyo. Mm. But the Jays went out of their way to convince everybody that he wasn't benched, even though the player himself told people he thought he was benched. So I, there's, there's a track record here. I, but I keep getting back to the fact I'm just confused. I don't know how that is allowed to happen. Because I am going to. He looked to me on Friday like a guy who was not moving. He did not look comfortable in the outfield he when he was moving around. He didn't. I was staring. I'm in the left field. I'm saying, this looks like a guy who's hurt. <laughs> this looks like a guy who's hurt. So how the hell that gets by everybody? Um, but he's not the only reason why they lost three games. No, but you know no, what? He's not. No, he, he's not the only reason he they lost three to games. Do with it. But if you were part, if you were the 40,000-odd part of that crowd that was at that game Friday and at that game Sunday, you came away thinking of three things. Teoscar was lazy. Vladdy had an awful game. And for reasons that I have yet to figure out, you know, I, I just think Bo Bichette's becoming, he's becoming a focal point of a lot of fan dissatisfaction in sure. the city. He, mm-hmm. he is. And this was the weekend that we heard booze at the Rogers Center. We heard booze at the Rogers Center. This team, you know, think about the story of this team. Young team, young core, everybody's excited, sell lots of jerseys, have a lot of fun. The home run jacket, I'm not getting in the home run jacket, but they got the home run jacket. (laughs) Everything's kumbaya. Uh, Life is wonderful. You know, they suck it up during COVID. They road warriors, yada, yada, et cetera, et cetera. The return home, the emotions, all this stuff. It's great. This is kind of the first time that folks have looked at these guys. And when I say folks, I'm talking about the media and I'm talking about fans, and said, you know what? Not good enough. This is the first time guys like Vladdy and Bo have had to hear that consistently. Not good enough. Because this year was about making the, wasn't just about making uh-huh. the playoffs. This year was going on a, about going on a run and having postseason success and meaningful you, baseball in you, October and all that. You mentioned Bo Bichette. If I told you that he was ninth in the American League in hits, would you laugh at me? No. He's ninth in the American League in hits. He has 133 hits. Now, he, does, he is second in at-bats with 508, but he is ninth yeah. in the American League. Now, again, he's not the bow that we thought Bo was going to be this year and needed to be to take them to a whole different level. They He had to take a step forward, and Vladdy just had to do what he did last year. That's right. So, you, you know, for him to, again, his optics, the defensive woes, like not making the play, and then a guy comes up like yesterday and hits a homer on the Otani, uh, Otani ball. It's just little things like that, but you, then you look in his stats, and well, he's ninth in the American he, League in hits. He, I, it's, he sums it's up, hard to judge. He sums season. up. Oh, it, it, it really is. He sums up this team perfectly. This is, is going to turn to the Buck Martinez love fest today because this he's is another great. thing Buck said yesterday. He's great. This is another thing Buck said yesterday. The Blue Jays are at the top of many offensive categories, mm-hmm. which they are, but it doesn't feel like it, mm-hmm. and that's the same thing. I'm not surprised because I, you know, I'm not surprised Bo's there and hits because I because I follow things. I, I get you a lot. I, I bet a lot of fans are. I, I'm not surprised. That, I was surprised I'm not surprised that. that Bo is somewhere in the pack 
with shortstops, among young shortstops, and he is a young shortstops in terms of war. He's he's comfortably, you know, I mean, it's not, he's not having the worst year ever, but it seems like he has become more and more the focal point mm-hmm. of certainly of discontent in social media, which is a horrible barometer, but nonetheless, it is a barometer. Uh, yeah, it, it's this, you know, we're going to learn something about, we're going to learn something about these guys this month. We are going to learn something about these guys and the approach I've adopted and the approach I'm going to take in September. I want to see, I want, you know, I, I, I'm not going to look ahead. I'm not going to look too big picture right now to the off season or anything. I want to know what these guys do in October. In September, I'm sorry. And then hopefully October. Mm-hmm. But I want, let's see. Let's see what they deliver. Let's I, I, see what they deliver in this hope, month. I do hope some of this is because you talked to him last year and, and all you heard was we just need to make it to the playoffs and then we roll. Just make it to the playoffs. I hope it's sort of this. You can tell they're pressing to try and make it to the playoffs. Like they want – they're trying – their best. It's it's like the what, what at bat was, and I wrote it down because it was important. The fifth inning at bat with Vladdy coming up, and and the two big giant swings he took yeah. trying to go deep because it was a three to one game with a couple guys on base. He's taking big daddy hacks to go deep. That right there should just tell you how they're trying. Now I know it's they're big leaguers. I don't the the age thing for me is a number anymore. Like it, it when when used to when I played. 23 years old. Oh, you're in a big league at 23. It's not. It's just a number anymore. Like Rodriguez for Seattle just got uh, could make yeah, 470 but, but, million. He's 21. But Kevin, like it, it's a number. It it, it is. But an, when you see it bats like that, that's one sort of the 23 year old thing shows up. Yeah, that's my point. It, it's a it is it is a number. The game's going younger, et cetera, et cetera. But they're still and these guys are elite athletes and they're not in the same level we are and they're more mature than we were at that and all that all that good stuff there's still something to, to chronological age. And as I've said, this is, these guys aren't, they're not the cock of the walk anymore. I mean, they're not. They're just, in, right now, they're just, they're another baseball team trying to, trying to go to the playoffs. There's all that, oh. all that good, all that good stuff is, you know, as I said, the COVID-19 stuff, well, that's, that's in the past. There's uh-huh. no excuses now. You, you know what? You padded your numbers in minor league ballparks. That's gone now. That's gone now. This is this is about being a, a a major a major league team, having major league expectations, having your team president, who's going to join us this week, by the way, having your team president come on, and and rightfully so, say that, you know, very least you got to win one more game than you won last year. Sure. You have to go to the playoffs. That's what the expectations are. No question. First time they've had to live up to expectations. Everything up to this point has been has been. Sweetness and light, and it's oh, been yeah. great, and oh, they're spunky, and oh, this is great and wonderful, and now that's there a big are word. expectations. Oh, that's a big word. How do you handle that word, especially in September? Man. These are the standings after last uh, last night's play. The Yankees are 78 and 50. They're seven and a half up on the Rays, who have very quietly put together a 12 and 5 run. They're hitting. They're hitting. Mm. Rays are 70 and 57. Seven and a half back. They're a game and a half up in the top wild card. Toronto 68 and 58. They're nine back. Baltimore 67 and 60, a game and a half out of the wild card. And uh, the Boston Red Sox are 62 and 66, seven out of the wild card, 16 back. If you're interested in the actual wild card standings, oh, the, uh, oh, God, what is going on here? The actual wild card standings. There you go. 
Uh, Houston, the Yankees, and, and Cleveland are uh, the division leaders. Tampa Bay is a game and a half up on Seattle. Seattle's a game up on Toronto. Toronto has the last wild card spot. One and a half games ahead of Baltimore. Uh, three games ahead of Minnesota. Six ahead of the White. I don't even. I'm not even going to include the White Sox. I don't have any. It's it's mm. Minnesota, Baltimore, Toronto, Seattle, Tampa Bay, and I'm not even. Yeah, I'll put Cleveland in there, even though Cleveland's you know two games up on mm. on Minnesota right now. But those are the teams: Cleveland, Tampa Bay, Seattle, Toronto, Baltimore, Minnesota. You know, four of those teams are going to make the playoffs. Two of them aren't. Yeah, I mean, I think it's lined up the way it's supposed to be lined up. Like if they're that's the teams. That's the way for me anyway. I mean, you could argue Seattle with the way the bullpen is. The two big boys they got in their rotation, their lineup's starting to get healthy. They play good enough defense. They have home field advantage now. You can tell that that fan support over the weekend. I, uh, you don't know if you watch them games, but that's legit. Like you walk there, uh, you listen, were... you listen to that. It's something. It's an yeah. X factor. So I think it's lined up the way it should be lined up. Now, for me, if you're one of them three teams right in front of you, you're in one of the spots. Now it's up to you to maintain it. Dan Showman is the TV voice of the Blue Jays. The Jays and the Tigers will start a three-game series tonight, 7.07 first pitch at the Rogers Center. Uh, it'll be Javier Assad against Jose Barrios tonight, Marcus Stroman against Kevin Gossman tomorrow. I bet. I think Mark, the Stro show is going to be quite something tomorrow night. You know Marcus will be up for that one. And then Mitch White against uh, TBA or TBC on uh, Wednesday. Dan Schulman's next. David Sampson as well. We'll take a look around the East in the 11 o'clock hour and also do Barker's back leg bits. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590. The fan the Sportsnet Radio Network, Sportsnet 360. Hello, Mom. And wherever you get your favorite podcast. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with J.D., Blake, and English. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, did you see the uh, J.D. Martinez yesterday? Got a home run, breaking a... You don't say it. Breaking a streak of 129 plate appearances without a home run. What did he do? They put him in the, uh, lug- in the, uh, in the laundry cart and rolled him, rolled him up and down the Why would they do that? Dugout. A the, losing the, team, there's... can you imagine? Did you yeah, see what the Angels did? Thing. Well, they See what were the Angels did with a home run? Nine every, times I saw. Yeah, every time they, it, what are they? They're 20 games under 500? 18, 18 games under 500. Okay. They put a cowboy hat on every time somebody you gets spring, a home C. run. You Springer uh, hit a home run, didn't wear it? Yeah, oh my What's God, how could I, t- I, well, I mean, social media was a, was a flame. Clearly he was it? sending a message to the. That we stink and we're not going to wear it. Yeah. But it was a review and he didn't know if it was a home run or not. So That's he why he didn't figure. Wear it. Yeah. Because it was hanging in the dugout. Yeah, it's pretty simple. Folks, we got to move beyond. God, we got to move beyond the home run jacket. I know. If I'm a Blue Jays fan, I want to see that jacket being worn every inning they hit. Yeah, I just every inning. Yeah, let's just move beyond it. I'm just throwing that out right now because uh, I'm with him. Barker's back leg bits. It's like I feel like I'm working at Harry Rosen or something because it's all they're talking about are jackets, 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 jackets. Enough, people. Move on. It's a freaking jacket. Everybody does it. The Baltimore Orioles have a big-ass chain they wear, yeah. and they were wearing it when they were a Little bazillion games under 500. So put you down, please. Undecided about the jacket. Anyhow, let's bring in Dan Schulman. 
Sorry, Dan. It was just something we had to get off we our chest to, uh, because it was what? the uh, was the milk and the cornflakes uh, <laughs> sour this morning, boys. What no, happened? it was warm. No, I'll tell you what, though. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Listening to you and Buck, Buck was on a roll oh, yesterday. Great. Yesterday is great. Buck was on a roll yesterday. I was like, I have mm. a I have a whole page of Buck notes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll get, look, and he was saying exactly what ninety nine percent of us are thinking. You know, it's one thing if you strike out. It's one thing if you make a physical mistake. It's one thing if you hang a curveball. Like, that stuff happens. But I think what's most troubling is, given the point of the season in which they're at and how high the stakes are, that there have been mental mistakes or mistakes that appear to be, you know, a lack of focus or a lack of effort. Like, that's the kind of stuff that you just can't tolerate. You just can't have it at this point of the season. And, and you know, not to isolate any one or two of them. There have been a lot of them. And, and you know what, guys? Even going back to the road trip, and they were winning. But there were some base running mistakes mm-hmm. there, and there was some sloppiness in the field there, too. They just pitched really, really well and won the games against two teams that have been struggling. But it's it's uh, – I don't understand it. It's a team that missed the playoffs by one game last year. That should make you – have razor-sharp focus for an entire season the next year, not to let it happen again. And, you know, hopefully yesterday or this past weekend was rock bottom and they can figure it out tonight. Uh, After Friday, why do you think Teoscar played Saturday and Sunday? Um, He missed one day, didn't he? Maybe I'm getting my days mixed up. I think he he got hurt Friday, sat Saturday, played Sunday. Maybe with Lourdes. He took Saturday off with Lourdes, I believe, yeah. Um, Well, I... So, and, and I saw, Jeff, I, I saw your tweet, Jeff, and you're exactly right. Like, I can't believe they put him in the lineup if he was that impacted by the foot. It's not the Blue Jay way to do that. No, um, you know, they sit guys for rest to keep them from getting injured. If a guy's already injured, I, I can't see why they wouldn't have put – they had other options, right? Tapia Bradley, whatever you wanted mm-hmm. to do. So – I assume that they played him because they felt he was healthy enough to play. And, uh, you know, after the game last night, I'm not there after games. Uh, I didn't, I, I saw some of the quotes from John Schneider. I didn't see a whole lot of, is he healthy enough to play? Is he not healthy enough to play? Was that a foot thing? Was that an effort thing? I don't know the answer to that. You know, and I, and I don't know that those questions are going to be answered when we get in there with Schneid at, 4:15 today, um, and I don't know if Teoscar is going to be in the lineup today. But I, to answer your question, um, Kevin, I think they, I think he played because they felt he was healthy enough to play. And if he was healthy, and you know, either he is or he isn't. And as mm-hmm. Jeff said, if he is, there's got to be a different effort level. If he isn't, then he shouldn't be in the lineup if he can't play. So. Hi, one of the other things Buck said too, like I said, I'm turning this into the Buck Martinez well, loving, but it's true. One of the things he. The Blue Jays are at the top of most offensive categories, or a lot of offensive categories, but it doesn't feel like it. You know, mm-hmm. when we were talking about Bo Bichette. Bo's not having a great year, but you know what? He's not the worst player in baseball this year. In point no. of fact, he's in the top ten in hits, and hits hits still matter. Yes, he's got all those plate appearances, but 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 hits still matter. It it really is the damnedest thing, though, isn't it? Like you you look at this team where they are. And then you look at a game, a series like, yes, this series where whatever they were with, what were they, one for 19 runners in the scoring position, 27 left on base, and it it doesn't add up. The bullpen's been good. Uh, the starting pitching's been good. It doesn't add up. It just yeah. doesn't add up. No. The, the two things that people on other teams say to me whenever the Blue Jays play a series against them is, 
would I love Alec Manoa as much as I think I would love Alec Manoa if hmm. I knew him? And that's the first thing everybody says. And I say absolutely 110% you would. And the second thing they say is, why is this team battling for a wild card spot? Why aren't they, you know, four, five, six, seven games ahead? And, and you're right there. There's something that doesn't add up. They have been a very good offensive team. I don't know what they are in runs per game, but it's like fifth right. or something. Um, you know, in OPS or OPS plus or slugging or on base or weighted runs created, but whatever you want to say, they're third, they're fourth, they're fifth. It does feel, and I agree with Buck, it hasn't felt like the same kind of offensive juggernaut they had last year. Now, two things, two little uh, asterisks here. You know, you take away 45 games in Dunedin and Buffalo, the numbers are going to come back to a little bit, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and baseball as a whole is down four, five, six percent. So you scale back the numbers again. Right. So maybe you're scaling back the numbers 10 percent and and you're still just as good. But I agree with Buck. It doesn't feel like it. it it's funny. I, I do a lot of digging on this stuff. Do they chase? It feels like they chase a ton. Do they chase more than other teams? No. No, they chase a below average amount. Do they strike out a lot? No, not even close. They are like, last I looked, which was a few days ago, their strikeout percentage is like fourth best in baseball. I think part of this is perception. And to Buck's point, it doesn't feel like it. I think part of this is just perception that this group should go out there and score 12 runs every game. And, And obviously, baseball is harder than that. All of that having been said, I, I do think that there are times where, you know, it, it is a little bit frustrating. The double plays, the not getting the runner in from third with less than two out, that, that sort of thing. You know, adjustments that need to be made every now and again in key spots in a game. That's where I think they can take it up a notch is the, you know, that little moment, which is not a little moment, that moment here or there where as, as much as it's not the way baseball is played right now, you just got to get that guy over or you just got to get that guy in. Every now and again, it's got to happen. And, and Again, they're better than people think they are. I know people are down on the offense, and I understand it. But if you look at all the numbers, they've still been an awfully good offensive team this year. Well, whenever I hear people say things like, you know, you you have closed-door meetings, you throw tables, I laugh. You know, I I played forever. I played 16 years. I played winter ball. I played forever. I may have seen that three times. Three times it didn't work. You know, occasionally in the minor leagues, you can scare players just because they're trying to go to the big leagues. And managers occasionally will do that just to say, you know, I have the last say-so. I'll scare enough into you to get you the hustle around first base, those kind of things. But I, I wonder why this has been said with this team more than one time. You hear that with the, the new manager has to come in and hold everybody accountable. And right. now you're hearing this little thing where you need the closed door. You need chairs being thrown. Is this one of those teams, Dan, you think that may need this? I think it's a couple of things. I, I think when they look flat and they're not hitting, I think some people are like, well, they're, they have too much fun. They're not serious enough because some people absolutely love the stuff that goes on in the dugout when they're rolling. And some people don't as much. They, you know, and, and I think some people look at them and maybe interpret that as they're not serious enough. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's true. I, I think they are serious enough. Um, I think each of them in their own way does care enough. You're, you're right. Now, the John Schneider's not flipping over the – and oh. I heard you guys talking on the way home from the game last night. There's no potato salad flying on the, you know, in the middle of the clubhouse, right? Firstly, there's no potato salad. And secondly, as I think you said, Jeff, it's in a whole other room where yeah. the food is. So no, this high like performance go department, get it, they'll have kale the salad. Then, yeah. They'll have kale salad. They will <laughs> right, not be having right. potato kale salad. salad. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I will say this, and you guys have seen it. John Schneider has gone over and sat down behind, beside players 
in the moment, as soon as they get back into the sure. dugout after whatever transgression was committed. And it's not always, I got your back, I'm here for you, I know you can do it. You can tell it's not. So I think John Schneider can deliver the pat on the back and the kick in the rear end, figuratively speaking, just fine. I don't think any of this is on Schneider. At the end of the day, it's up to the players to 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 play hard and play smart and play well. Um, and if that can't happen, then it's up to the front office to change the players next year who who need to be changed. And and um, you know some of the things that have gone on the last ten days or so have been a little bit mystifying. And and I don't know. You know you hear a lot. Well, there's you know they're still young, and some of them haven't been through this and all that. I thought last year was supposed to prepare them for this year. I, you know, what's a better preparation for the kind of focus and, and effort and determination you need than being a really, really good team that missed the playoffs by one game? Like all winter they heard, you guys are the team we didn't want to play in the playoffs. We're glad you didn't make it. Um, you know, if that doesn't motivate you coming into the next season, I think everybody's got to look in the mirror a little bit. So ultimately I think it's up to the players. The, the manager and the coaches I know are – behind the scenes, trying to pull all the right levers and, and, and get these guys going in the right direction. I don't think any of it's on the staff. No, listen, I, I think, my God, if we're confused, those guys are, are at least as confused as we are because yep. they, you know, they, and, and they know the, the guts, you know, they, they, they know what's going on with, with the guts of that team. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, and you know, it's the old, there. This is a cliche that actually is true. You're never as bad as you look when you really stink, and you're never mm-hmm. as good as you look when you're in the middle of a ten-game winning streak. Mm-hmm. You just don't. But it's that I, I'm waiting for that middle ground, right? And I think that's what Ross Stripling was talking about a little bit yesterday. I I I don't know if this team is comfortable in the middle ground, Dan. <laughs> you know, I don't think they are. I think they 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 need the drama, or they're they're, they're good front runners, or they need to have these losing streaks uh, to try to get them to try to get them going again. Um, I want to talk, you know, a little bit of positivity here. Uh, Ross Stripling yesterday, I, I know he gave up a couple of home runs. I think that's the first time he's given up mul- multiple home runs as a starter since July 19th, 2021. Um, at some point they've got it. They really have to look at signing this guy, don't they? Oh, a hundred percent. And maybe they've had talks behind the scenes, right? Like, so Ross has not been a free agent yet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, by baseball standards, you know, he's made some decent money, but he's not, you know, he doesn't have a swimming pool full of money in his backyard or anything mm-hmm. like that. He's, you know, he's about to become a free agent for the first time. And Kevin, you know this, that is something the player earns and has every right to earn. Sure. Like that is, that is a credit to the player that, hey, you got through six years in the major leagues and now you get to choose where you want to play within reason, obviously. So um, I don't know if they have talked to him about it. I would love for them to bring him back and, and, you know, what, two-year deal, whatever you want, not a one-year deal, you know, a two-year deal or something mm-hmm. like that. Because whether you, you know, publicly or privately say you're the four, you're the five, you're the six, like he's going to get his opportunities. We all know that's the way baseball works. Guys get hurt. Um, and what he has done this year, if they didn't have him, oh. they'd be, I don't want to overstate this, but they're a game and a half ahead of Baltimore. They'd be looking up at Baltimore without Ross Stripling, and not by half a game. They, they'd be in they'd be in some trouble right now with Ross Stripling. The fact that he can come in, you know, you talk about uh, the roller coaster and the ups and downs. He's the opposite of that. He's the steady hand. He's the stabilizer. He's the low maintenance, five or six innings. You know, he gave up two home runs last night. It's the first time that's happened all year. Yeah, he gave up three runs last night in six innings. 
And it's like, boy, Ross was, you know, not a typical, that's how good he's been, like three runs in six innings. And he was still good enough to win a ball game last night. I would love, love, love to see them bring him back. I would also love to wake up tomorrow morning, look at my phone, and see that Alec Manoa has been signed to a five-year deal to take him right up to free agency or something like that. Though, um, like, if you want to talk about guys who care and guys who compete – those are two of those guys, and, and um, I would love to see them bring Stripling back. But at the same time, he's got the right to say, you know what, let me let me try this free agency thing out. I ha- I've never done this before, so it takes two to tango, right? You give, him, you give him a qualifying offer, do you? That's a very interesting question. That's the 19 million, I think, right? It's, it's 18 or 19 million. I'd rather give him a two-year deal like for less per year, but more overall. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Like, yep. so I, I'd rather get him for two years. I think the qualifying offer for him is a fascinating conversation. I'd rather avoid the whole thing and make him a two year offer. He can't refuse. Um, but I think Ross is 32, something like that again. And, and, you know, he's never been a 180 inning guy in the majors. He's always been this Ross stripling bouncing back and forth between the rotation of the bullpen. He's, he's likely to have a career high in innings this year because he's been in the rotation absolutely all the time. So, um, you know, I, it, it, again, he's half of this conversation mm-hmm. where he lives. Does he, you know, how important is a winning team? Does his family love Toronto? The money, these are all things. So, but I'd love to, I'd love for them just to make him an offer that he can't refuse. Yeah, he'll be 33. He'll be 33 in November. Uh, he's pitched 101 innings. His career high is 122 in 2018 with the Dodgers. And actually, he's he's right where he was last year. He's pitched the same number of innings. I think he had a third of an inning more last year. So. Three for thirty, you'd take that, I think. That's, oh, I, th- I think he would take that. I mean, yeah. that's the that, yeah, that's a contract that takes care of your family, right? For a no pitcher question. in his thirties, if you're not Max Scherzer, uh, you know, pitchers in their thirties don't get paid as much as that's pitchers right. in their thirties. Nobody in their thirties gets paid as much as they used to. You know, Ross mm-hmm. is kind of a late bloomer getting to free agency at thirty-two. So, and you know, as a uh, an, an investment advisor, I imagine he's pretty good with his money. You know, he's uh, I, I imagine he'll he'll take care of it and he'll be set. I. Um, I would, I would love to see them do it. I, I think that's one less thing you have to worry about when you know you've got a guy on the on the team who's good in the room, a good teammate, and and most importantly, whatever role you need him to fill, he'll fill it. Dan, we often have the conversation. Well, you have one game to win. Would it be Gosman or Manoa? I watched Manoa on Saturday. You know the 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 pregame stuff that went on, uh, who he was facing, and Otani. Uh, just getting through the first inning, what do you have? He had uh, five batters, 25 pitches in the first inning, no, no runs scored. Just how he went through it, then then his four-seamer was much better. His two-seamer, his slider had more break to it. You could just tell the heart rate, the big moment just didn't wasn't overwhelming. Now, I know we've seen that from him before, but to actually see it take place, there's no question in my mind. Am I on to something there? Yeah, I, I don't think you can go wrong. I, I mean, they're both going to be top five, six in the in the Cy Young Award. I, I think the thing, they're both great choices, and they both compete their tails off. Gosman, to me, has had a ridiculous amount of bad luck this year with the batted ball stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, we've talked about it. Yeah. I'm sure you guys have talked about it um, as well. 
And, and for whatever reason, it seems that can happen to him or is happening to him more than it happens to other guys. Um, so I don't know if you're a little bit afraid. What if it's one of those days where they take him the other way? Or what if it's one of those days where they find holes and stuff? I, I don't know. I, I think it's more – I think you're thrilled with either one. If you could choose either, I think I would probably lean slightly to Manoa. But it might – listen, the way they're playing right now, those last three games in Baltimore are going to matter. Oh, yeah. And they might not have a choice. Like, um, if I'm the Toronto Blue Jays, my entire goal right now is don't let those last three games matter. Don't yeah. let the Orioles uh, go into and, – and who would have thought we were having this conversation <laughs> at the yeah. beginning of the year? Yeah, don't let the Orioles walk into that series saying – we can win this. If we do what we have to do, we can knock them out of the playoffs. Now, that means you got to be three, maybe four games ahead of them heading into that series, depending on what the tiebreaker situation is. So you, they might, my point is they might not have a choice. But to your question, I, I just think, you know, given some of the stuff we've seen, some of the crazy stuff we've seen Gosman go through, and maybe it all stops his next time out, you know, but some of the bad batted ball, like I think I would lean – uh, a little bit more to Mano. I think they're both super competitive and super talented, and just about every team in baseball would trade their top two for those two guys. Dan, really good of you to do this, mm-hmm. as always, my friend. Thanks so much. We'll see you down at the park. Thanks, Dan. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Dan Shulman, TV voice of the Blue Jays. 707 is the first pitch tonight. The Chicago Cubs are in town. It's kind of cool to see the Cubs. Cubs aren't Don't see them great, a ton. But the Cubs, they'll, they'll bring some fans with them. It'll be... Uh, Huh. Interesting. The, well, the interesting part will be how how the lineup for the Blue Jays attacks a team that they don't see a lot. That's the question. Can can they simplify it enough? Just see ball, hit ball. Look for something straight. Look for something hard. Don't worry about secondary pitches, early counts. Look for a certain zone. Can they do that? You know, a lot of the times against left-handed pitching, that for me anyway is, you know, you sort of hit it where it's pitched. If it's in, I pull it. If it's away, I take it to right field. Blue Jays are not wired that way. They have to sort of look for certain pitches in certain zones. You know, if they get it, they're expanding because they they were looking for that certain pitch, and that's why they struggle. It's yeah, it'd be interesting to I, watch that part of it. I also want to f- throw this out, by the way, because we didn't mention at the uh, top of the show. Kudos to uh, Marnie Starkman and all the folks involved in that. That's uh, great. In the 1992 mm-hmm. uh, celebration, it was it was really well done. Um, obviously, the social media response to it was tremendous, but uh, right. the players also seemed to have a uh, seemed to have a really good time. It was just uh, like that. That was one of those days. Saturday was one of those days. That's kind of what baseball is all about: celebrating the past and then seeing the present. You know, rise rise to the occasion. And uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I go back and forth on, on on Gosman or Manoa. I would probably lean towards experience in picking a guy. But I, Dan hit the nail on the head. My my sense is you're not going to have a choice. My sense is yeah. you're going to be – Dan's right. It would be great if that last series in Baltimore didn't mean anything. I have no confidence that it's not going to mean anything. I, I Have you seen anything that suggests this team will be have have a playoff spot no. wrapped up? Would you have it any that? other way? It's baseball. You sort of like that. If you're a baseball fan, forget about I, being a, a Blue Jay fan. If you're a baseball well, fan, that's what you want. There is your seat. There's a reason that a lot of times, if you look, there's a reason that a lot of times teams that have to go on a spurt to get into the playoffs, why they have a pretty good first round. I mean, yeah. there is, because you're just, you're fighting we, and we, we had to play our ass off Monday, mm-hmm. you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday, Sunday, day off. Here comes Wednesday. We still got to play our ass off. 
but yeah, it would be nice, and and I think it's especially important for this team to to have the luxury to get its starters lined up, especially considering it look who it looks like they're going to be facing. Um, but you know, and then you get into home field advantage, then you get into the tie break. There's all sort. There's all all sorts of permutations and, and and calculations. And also keep in mind that the Jays do not own the tiebreaker against the Guardians, the Twins. Uh, they don't have it against the Mariners. I don't know about, I don't know where the, the, the record stands with the Orioles. They've got so many games left. But um, part of the Jays' issue with their, their lousy record against teams over 500 is it means you don't hold the tiebreaker. And it is. that could very much, because you're not having any of those one-game playoffs anymore. We said this, but really I know we're up against it here. The, to get, I think they have to get 92 wins. They have 68 now. They have 36 games left. You, do you think the Blue Jays go 24 and 12? 24 and 12 to go to 92 wins. That's the question. Are we sure? Not, I'm not sure, but yeah, that that's the breathing room. You get you figure 92 wins with so where you're the, at. So you, then the question people is, around you, like you got to. Well, let me ask you this: You got to get at least 90, 91, 92 so, somewhere in there. That would mean that the the Orioles probably have to go 26 and 10 or something like that to get in. I have no faith in them going 26 and 10. You know, I I, I think it's kind of a it's not a silly way to look at it because it, but you also have to look at what the teams around you are doing and what they have to do to get like or, what does or, Seattle have to do to get the or, 92 or, Orioles, Orioles were 16 and nine in August. That's, that's a little way you go about it. You're going by this by months. And now in, in the last month, you know, those are, those are big games. Like you got to play really, seven games, but, but seven games over 500 doesn't get it done for them in September. I, I understand that, but if that's, you're looking how, at that's how hard it is to your yeah. point of with the Orioles and expect, you know, expectations now in yeah. Baltimore, all, all of a sudden, that's just the point is, you know, how do you do it down well, the stretch? You, you got to play complete games to do it. That's absolutely yeah. fair. Uh, interesting little uh, news item this morning, the major league baseball players association, sent out uh, registration cards to minor league baseball players. And essentially, the Major League Baseball Players Association is looking to welcome minor league players into the fold. Minor league players uh, have not been represented by the Major League Baseball Players Association in the past. This is kind of a complicated thing because are you going to charge dues? You know, minor leaguers don't make the same money major leaguers do. Uh I have some, it, it sounds great. I mean, everybody should, you know, the minor leaguers need help. We we know all about the lifestyle and the lack of pay and all that. But at the same time, doesn't that create another flashpoint between the commissioner's office and players? If you're a major league player, would you be willing to go on strike over something involving minor league players? There's all sorts of things worked into this. But nonetheless, it's an interesting development. David Sampson is MLB analyst with CBS Sports HQ. He's also host of Nothing Personal with David Sampson. We'll talk about that. We'll get David's take on that Julio Rodriguez deal, what it might mean for Vladdy and Bo. And we'll get his take on what the hell is going on with the Toronto Blue Jays. It's Blair and Barker on 590-360, the network, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.